Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing, and now you're trying to feed him your body. Thou shalt kill all of your friends. And a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage. Ain't right to bubble pages. Pretend like you will. A dog. Wow. What else can I say? It is a part two of Little We miss you. We miss you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We've got Katie. She's the redhead. Hello. And we have Carly. She's the blonde. Hi. We are back at it with part two and the conclusion of our series on Kurt Cobain. Quinnies? Quinnies. It's happening. So when we last left this story, an electrician hmm. had just discovered Kurt Cobain's body in the room above his garage in his Seattle, Washington home. Now, as we said before, the days surrounding Kurt Cobain's death are murky and really very very different depending on who you talk to um, and who you believe. So as we said, Kurt died from an apparent gunshot wound to the head at the age of 27. Carly is going to get into his autopsy, his toxicology, the official determinations here in a moment. But first, Katie's going to talk about the 27 Club and the apparent history of suicide in Kurt's family. Yeah. Okay. So first, I just want to say the suicide history a little bit because it's pretty short and it's just a few people. In 1913, Kurt's great-grandfather's sister, her name was Florence Cobain. She was 17 years old and she wanted to go to the movies, but her dad wouldn't let her. And so she shot herself in the chest with a rifle, Quinnies, when she was 17. No. Yes. <laughs> Somehow she survived, Quinnies. She survived it and she lived to be 94 years old. Yes. And like, apparently it like did some damage, like in the family, obviously, wow. because yeah, like how could it not? There was like a lot of rifts and like beef between certain members of the family and like things kind of were always like tampered, if you will, from when she did that. And that was all the way back to 1913 that that happened. You can that imagine. Is this so is like, scary. I am okay, shook. listen. Like, okay, what? listen to this one. Listen to this one. This is even crazier. One of Kurt's great grandfathers on his mother's side. Okay, so it's both sides: the Cobain side, the dad side, okay. and the mother side. One of Kurt's great grandfathers on his mother's side attempted suicide with a knife. He survived, but then died shortly after because he purposely reopened the wounds in a psychiatric hospital. Oh. So he, the wounds were starting to heal and he was suffering and he reopened the wounds and that's what fatally killed him. The third and final one, in 1938, when Kurt's grandfather Leland and Leland's two brothers, Burl and Kenneth Cobain, were young men. They were like, they were like teenagers, um, like probably 17, 18. Their father, John, who was a deputy sheriff, was sitting on a stool at the beer counter of a store in Markham, Washington, which was just about 12 miles southwest of Aberdeen. John apparently reached into his pocket for a cigarette and he accidentally knocked his pistol out of its holster. The gun dropped to the floor and discharged and shot him in the face. So he literally shot himself in the head by accident. One of the brothers saw this happen, okay? In 1979, when Kurt was 12 years old, Burl, the brother, killed himself with a gun. And five years later, his brother Kenneth did. Absolutely. And okay. like, that blew, I have cold chills. Like, I'm it blew still, my mind. I'm still hung it, up on the great grandfather's sister or whatever shooting yeah, herself Florence, in the chest because the she couldn't go to the movies. Like, do you think it, just it was like, just like, it I'm gives you a shoot taste. myself if you don't let me go? And she didn't think it was really. 
I just feel like it gives you a taste like, of like of like mental illness and like depression, like obviously running trauma. running in yep, families. About. Yeah. Jesus. So, and that leads us right into Curse of the 27s, or what some people call the 27 Club, or also known as the famous 27. The term became most widely known after Kurt Cobain's death in 1994 because a lot of rock fans connected his age to um other people like Janis Joplin, Brian Jones, and Jimi Hendrix, who had obviously passed before him and had passed at the same age, which was age 27. It had started to collect like a lot of already notable fame, like from that, for just from those obviously notable famous people. But then it really blew up when Amy Winehouse died in 2011. It was, it really is kind of when it took off because they felt like this age was really significant. Mostly the club has been associated with musicians, connected to musicians. However, over the years, it has expanded and the list is insane. And of course, I'm not, I couldn't even name all of them if I wanted to, but just to name a couple, just to give you an idea, which Quinny actually mentioned one in the first episode too. Pada? Mia Zapata. Yeah. She, she died and she was a big part of the grunge scene. And then another one, which is actually really creepy, kind of eerie, is Kristen Pfaff, who was actually in Courtney Love's band, Hole. But another couple, just another couple ones. Brian Jones was one that was a very famous one. He was a found the founder and original band leader of the Rolling Stones. Brian Jones, like, we'll have to cover him someday because he mixed a bunch of alcohol and drugs and then he dove into a swimming pool, broke his neck in the pool and died just from being too messed up on drugs and alcohol. But it's always been a mystery. Fellow Rolling Stones members just like don't, they feel like something Keith Richards feels like something isn't clean in the milk with that and he like seriously believes that there's more to the story so anyways a couple other ones to name like I said Jimi Hendrix Jim Morrison Janis Joplin Dave Alexander who's from the Stooges Peter Ham member of Badfinger he committed suicide Jean Michel Basquiat who was like a very young famous artist obviously they were all young <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ronald McKiernan which he McKernan he was from the Grateful Dead and he actually died of cirrhosis of the liver from drinking too much. Randy Stretch Walker, another one, obviously Amy Winehouse, Freaky Ta, who was a member of Lost Boys. So it even goes to the rap world. And then also Benjamin, this is an interesting one, Quinnies. Benjamin Keough, mm-hmm. who was Elvis Presley's uh, grandson, also died at 27. Yeah, yeah and there's there's literally like hun- a couple hundred of them. And Heath so. Ledger, who's not he a was musician, t- but I thought he was 27 too. He was, he was 28. He had just turned. Yeah, I found out he had. I found out he had just turned twenty-eight. Yeah. Wow. I thought he was too, but he was right on the cusp. So it's still kind of is. Yeah. I I wonder why. I know. I wonder why twenty-seven. I wonder. I guess when I turned twenty-seven, I was a little bit like maybe I can't hit it as hard anymore. Maybe (laughs) your body, like maybe your body is just like you're not Mm. doing this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it yeah. might just hard, be around young, that age 20s. of just like, yeah. Also, the life of like a celebrity and like a famous yeah. person or like yeah. a musician. Like they have a very different, I don't want to say they have a very different lifestyle from other people, I mean, but they have a, an exaggerated yeah. one, you know? Yeah. Like, definitely. All right, Carly, you want to talk some toxicology and autopsy? Oh, for here us we go. Oh, okay. gosh. Talk about rabbit holes. Okay. He had actually died a couple days before his body was found by Gary Smith. Now, a lot of places say two days. Some say three. Like, can we just pin it down? But anyway, the official date of his death was decided to be April 5th, 1994. And the autopsy report noted old needle tracks on Kurt's arms, as well as new puncture wounds. Now, the toxicology report stated that Kurt did have a high concentration of heroin in his system at the time of his death. It was around 1.52 milligrams per liter. And like, apparently it was three times a lethal dose. Last night, I went down an absolute insane rabbit hole trying to figure out, okay, 1.52 milligrams, how many liters of blood in the body? If your tolerance is as such that you need more heroin for it to be, you know, affecting you in such a way. But then if his body was found two or three days after, how long before he actually died? Did he inject the heroin? How long would it have already been gone? And then the state of decomposition, I went through this 
whole thing. What are you talking about? I need to know the science. Didn't figure it out. It was a lot. I'm still pissed. The official cause of death, however, would be listed as self-inflicted contact perforating shotgun wound to the head. Now there was a huge question, which we can talk about later during our final thoughts and whatever, of whether Kurt would have actually been able to shoot himself with the gun in his heroin addled state because mm. how much heroin was already in his system, a normal person, I guess, wouldn't have been able to do it. But considering his tolerance level, we don't really know. Then there was an issue with the position of the gun that was found in regards to where his body was found. But apparently, according to an expert, it made sense to where everything had fallen. Yeah. So I guess the gun was upside down, which a lot of people point to as like very suspicious. And it is. It's very, very odd. Apparently, it can, after it discharges, the weight of the top, because it was a shotgun. It was a huge gun. It can, can flip over. over. Exactly. Right. So that's what so they it said. Is, is, it's possible. That so that it is possible. Right. It is right. possible. But when you look at the bigger picture, it doesn't see, still doesn't seem likely to it's you. It's weird. You know? It's, it's very weird. weird. A photo that was released 20 years after the fact by the Seattle PD would show an up close image of Kurt's arm with a hospital ID bracelet around his wrist, which we knew he had voluntarily left the rehab facility. And other picture shows a box of shotgun shells that are inches away from his feet. He has a Converse sneakers on. It's just weird. And I will talk about it at length later that the pictures weren't released until 20 years after the fact. Yeah. So there were four rolls of film taken of the death scene that had been just sitting in the Seattle PD evidence vault for 20 years, just doing absolutely nothing. Again, so give just, Carly like, the evidence. Leave. So the 35 millimeter film was used in the 90s, like across the board in police investigations, along with Polaroids. And they would usually take the Polaroids as backup to the 35 millimeter film. However, they decided in this particular instance, a famous person's death that the media was going to go crazy over. They decided to not develop 35 millimeter film and just use the Polaroids. Like, I'm sorry, are you serious right now? Because this is the case you want to decide that on? This is the case you want to just, this is the one you decide to just fuck it up. Okay, it's fine. So when Detective Mike Ciasinski, let's go with that. He would take a look at the cold case, like after the fact, he decided, hey, let's develop the film. What a shock. But the PD actually had to request help because they no longer developed that type of film, even though that was the type of film that they used all the time in the 90s for all of the evidence. So the pictures that they develop have obviously deteriorated over 20 years and it shows as much. Like they're not very clear. Mm-mm. They have a complete green tint to all the whole thing. So like not great. However, they do show the scene more clearly than the fucking Polaroids that they had used. What are we doing here? The final reinvestigative report is not actually complete, but Detective Ciasinski determines he does agree that it was a suicide. I just, I have a lot of problems. Got a lot of problems with the autopsy. I got a lot of problems with the toxicology. I got a lot of problems with the film. All right, Carly. So if Kurt Cobain did not commit suicide, this is not, okay. We're not the first fucking, we're not the first podcast to say, what if Kurt Cobain didn't commit suicide? We're not the first people to think in our minds, hmm, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Here's a young man. He has a whole, his whole life ahead of him. He has a young child. He is incredibly successful. He has everything he could possibly want or need in life. Life. What the hell? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the days around surrounding his death are a complete fucking mystery. Totally. Also, explain to me why you escape from rehab and don't take your bracelet off. Like, I, I don't understand it. Uh, there's a lot of things like that where you're just like, wait, what? What mm-hmm. are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, how, how? How? He would not have wanted that reminder. Like, he would have gotten the fuck rid of it and burned it or something. You know what I mean? It's like, just, it, you would mm. think. You really would. Like, you yeah. would be like, obviously, I'm done with this. I ripped this off. That's the end of it but yeah. no ever since Kurt Cobain died pretty much immediately people have thought that Courtney Love had something to do with it immediately the first there's ton this is where we're going to start to get into the conspiracy theories but pretty much the first one that comes out is that chick had something to do with it is it possible what evidence do we have that could possibly support that Courtney Love is the person who is responsible for his death I mean first and foremost we've seen this time and time again you go to the spouse first right, regardless right. of gender what's the like, problem go to 
this out. Is it money? Right. Is it sex? The closest is it, these to. are the things that cause murders all the yeah. time. So like yeah. she mm-hmm. is the obvious next in line person. Of course. But even if she weren't his spouse, like just the type of person she is also, I feel it was like, okay, yes, let's look at Courtney really quick first. Yeah, let's like, take let's a view. Let's take, take a, a glance look. in that direction. There is not any full, complete, 100%, absolutely any real solid evidence that points to it. Right. But there is a shit ton of speculation and a shit ton of things that make her not look good. Exactly. And those things we're going to get into. Possibly the most vocal person about this conspiracy is the private investigator, Tom Grant. Tom Grant. Who was literally yeah. hired by Courtney. Is employed by Courtney Love to find Kurt. He is all over the place saying, absolutely, I think Kurt was murdered. And I specifically think that it was Courtney at least involved in some sort of conspiracy that resulted. And he's murder. like an old freaking police officer. Former like, cop. This, guy, yep, right. this guy's no joke. Like he's been in the industry yeah. for a minute. He knows a thing or two. But nobody wants to listen to him like that's what i don't understand and it's pretty fucking ballsy to go out publicly in such a huge yes case you gotta yeah. really believe it in turn investigative journalists ian halperin and max wallace have also publicly supported this point of view and they've both published books making their case like people are heavy into it in particular grant has stated that he finds the, all the events around kurt's death completely filled with lies contradictions in logic and countless inconsistencies which is true he thinks that Courtney was motivated by profit as well as there's like some personal career considerations there's Courtney Love and her lawyers and many of Courtney's industry supporters have engaged in an effort to keep the public from learning the real facts that's what he says in particular montage of heck right offers some evidence that Courtney could have forged Kurt's suicide note so this so, is the HBO documentary right so there are inconsistencies with the note the top half of the letter Grant believes was meant to announce that Kurt was maybe leaving Nirvana, which isn't out of the realm of possibility considering what we knew about Kurt and how he was dealing with the fame and his addictions and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom sees it as a, it was like a retirement letter almost. Right. To the to the band kind of and to the right. and to his fans. Right, to the public, right, to everybody. To the public, yeah. But the bottom half of the note like completely changes direction and is just like talking about Courtney and Francis and their life together and he feels like it could have actually been written by somebody else because it's so vastly different from the top half of the letter. I don't know that I agree with this particularly because like if someone is truly writing a suicide note you can't you can't say like their logic is going to go in a very fluid you know direction like it could be all over the place Mm -hmm. you know like we don't know you could be super super fucked up on heroin by the time you're done with it you know so he could have just hard hard to say he could have wrote the first part and it could have been a journal entry and then he could have ripped it out of the journal and added the last part of it later and just decided now's the time you know uh-huh. Right. Like at the very bottom of it, it just says like, I love you. I love you. Like presumably talking to Courtney or Francis. Like, yeah, it says, please keep going, Courtney, for Francis, for her life, which will be so much happier without me. Which again, we don't know what he was thinking. We don't, we've never met him, but it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility of something he could think or say. And then there's the question of whether did Kurt ingest too much heroin in order to kill himself with the gun. So potentially someone else would have had to have done it because he had so much heroin in his system. He would have been incapacitated in order to do it in such a way or at least be successful in doing it in such a way. And there's also the fucking weird thing of no fingerprints anywhere. What's that about? Where are any Where are any of Where are any of that? Where is anything? Like the person that sold the gun the person yeah. that honestly Quinny's I don't think that they checked for fingerprints yeah, I don't think that right. like I don't, properly, I don't, they I don't, probably didn't no I just I, li- yeah. I literally don't think that they look for them yeah because this is another like this is another Not one of those steps, sadly one of those totally incidents where exactly things just don't didn't work properly examined or looked at exactly in the crime scene but regardless of the heroin or whatnot like what would give courtney a motive to do this really that's really the question well apparently the marriage was on the rocks i am so shocked by this can you believe that their marriage we kind of had an idea (laughs) last week we were like there's some shit going on cops are getting called he's not he's not uh like taking her calls you know what i mean like we you know he's hiring a pi to find her husband 
husband. Like it's not right. Yeah. Rumors of a divorce. Rumors of a divorce. So again, the private investigator found out that Kurt and Courtney's lawyer, Rosemary Carroll, had been asked by Kurt to remove Courtney from his will. And in response to this, Courtney had asked her, the lawyer, to find the meanest, most vicious divorce lawyer she could find. Hell yeah, do it up. Do it up. But again, like, I would not put it past Courtney Love to, like, at any fight they've ever had to be like, find me the most vicious divorce lawyer. You next take level. out the trash. You know what yep. I mean? Like, absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, t- taking it to the Drop extreme always. Yep. However, it is apparent that Courtney had left a backpack at the lawyer Rosemary's house, which may have contained some items that allegedly had been said to prove Courtney's link to Kurt's death. But we have never, that's never been found or completely verified. Why is um, there always a missing fucking there bag? Is. Like, like, why? It's what always the fuck? Like the this is like the bag. Kardashians it's having like the, 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 the duffel bag. It's like, bag. what the fuck? Yes. Like, what are we doing? Is there a know. fucking celebrity vault with fucking crime bags in it? <laughs> Courtney's own estranged father, Hank Harrison, would publicly claim that Courtney must have been involved. Can you imagine your own parent coming out in the public and being and like, oh yeah, she she could have killed her husband. It's so shitty. It's so shitty. But he literally told NBC Dateline, she's a psychopath. She has a sociopathic personality like I do. I don't know who killed him. I know who benefited from his death, my daughter. We're not doing great. Also, I will not- hold my tongue. Okay, also- Okay, I won't though, but I won't. And I'm going to say right now that like, it's bullshit though, because no, she was not as famous as Kurt Cobain, but she still had her own career going. Yes, she and did. And she still had her own shit going. She had and her she own was money. Doing, and she was doing other shit too on the yeah. side, like besides yeah. Hole, which was actually a successful band and they were more successful over in Britain. Like she was actually very successful with her band. Yeah, so. and she, ha- she had that going for her and it's sick to say- but especially if they were about to get divorced, especially yeah, yeah. he is worth a lot more money alive to her. Yes. Yeah. A lot more right. money. Yeah. I don't right. see what the profiting is. I don't see it. Like she, he is a multi, like he is so successful, top of his game. Like she's going to get a, a sick alimony payment. She's going to get a child bunch support. of money, child support, all of it. Mm-hmm. Like she's going to, she will make a lot of money off of that divorce. So I'm just like, it's really funny because guess who also profited from the death? Hank fucking Harrison, because he published a book about it called Love Kills the Assassination of Kurt Cobain. So like piece of shit, piece of shit, piece of shit, piece of shit. Yeah. Super profiting like off of somebody else's. Exactly. Like he's like, oh, she's profiting. He, she benefited from this. So did you. Like you literally yeah. published a book mm-hmm. on it. However, there was like one final clue that like some people really point to as being like part of it. There was an apparent handwritten note inside Kurt's wallet. On the note, it's handwritten. It says, do you, Kurt Cobain, take Courtney Michelle Love to be your lawful shredded wife? Even when she's a bitch with zits and siphoning all your money for doping and whoring. That's their band. That's the way their They're band weird is. Exactly. They're yeah. I would not be surprised if she wrote it with him and he kept yes. it as like a right. love note in his freaking wallet. 100%. And she, yep. you know, had one herself that was like, you know, her own version. Like that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility in their weird fucking relationship. It's it, the things you do in a relationship that are difficult to explain to other people. Like exactly. it's just, I think it's it a is. Vanity Fair article maybe about them. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that, that cites, she wrote in lipstick, Courtney's my best friend, like on the wall. And, yeah. and the people were like, what the hell? Like yeah. who wrote that? And she's like, oh, well I did, but I wrote it as Kurt because I wanted to remind him that yes. through everything I'm his best friend. Yeah. It's like they right. were doing we- like <laughs> they were weird talking stuff to each like other. that. Exactly. Yeah, they were talking to each other as each other. So there's one more thing to look into that people are really on the fence about and it's the Rome incident. The journalists Halperin and Wallace who wrote the books about their idea that possibly Courtney has something to do with it. They actually contacted a doctor, Dr. Osvaldo Galetta, who had treated Kurt after that incident. And the doctor contested the claim that that overdose was a suicide attempt. But the doctor says that 
Courtney's claim that there were 50 Rofinol pills removed from his stomach was not necessarily true. Halpern and Wallace thought that possibly Courtney had mixed a large number of pills into Kurt's champagne. So when he took a drink, he was actually unknowingly ingesting the large amount of the drugs, the drug enough to kill him. But if that were the case, she called the police and said she found him unconscious. Like, why wouldn't she just leave him there? Like if she had really wanted him dead. Yeah. Why get that, him help? Why would she get him help in the, in the first place? Mm-hmm. Well, cause she has to appear as though she's sure, but wait till you know after he's I mean? dead and then be like, Oh no, I found, him I dead. just woke up you and know what I mean? whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So if she didn't do it, Carly, is it possible that she hired somebody to do it? <laughs> it is, but there is a possibility that <laughs> Courtney hired a man or tried to hire a man or named someone, <laughs> someone tried to hire a man named Eldon Hoke, nicknamed El Duce. El Duce. <laughs> yeah, I can't with this. This is crazy. There are so many people surrounding them that you're just like, I'm so sorry, who? El, El Duce? So he, I'm El Duce. I'm sorry. This man just came out of the fucking woodwork, okay? And he came yeah. forward and claimed that Courtney Love tried to offer him $50,000 to kill Kurt Cobain. They have so much fucking money. Yeah, that's it not would that have been much. More, it's not mm-hmm. that much in the grand. No, scheme. it's really not that much. And so, like, obviously, it's it's come on, it's it's bullshit. But it is worth noting that he was like a shock rocker and like was known as a shock rocker, and like he wanted to promote his career. So like this would have been the perfect way to become viral at the time, right? It is fucking weird that like day just days after being interviewed about Kurt Cobain in 1997, like about this particular instance, he was found dead after being run over by a train. The timing's fucking weird. The timing is weird, but everybody is on heroin. (laughs) And so I just, you know what I mean? Like people are, are passing out on train tracks Mm -hmm. here in this story. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of drugs. So we don't know. R.I.P. El Duce. So yeah. All right. So maybe she didn't have him killed. So maybe Maybe Quinny, is it possible? Maybe she didn't have him killed, but maybe she convinced him to kill himself. Is Which, that possible, Quinny? There are some things that could point to it. Some things that we've already pointed out and a couple that we haven't. So Quinny pointed out in the first episode, in episode one, about, and this has been a focus of our podcast, our two-part podcast very much, is the way that Courtney acts, the way that she acted before he right before he died and even the way that she acted after he died it starts to make you question some things for example she did an interview with vanity fair after he had died and she was asked if she was still mad at kurt cobain for committing suicide her response was mad uh you think She said, if he came back right now, I would have to kill him for what he did to us. I would fucking straight kill him. He tried to kill himself three times. I feel like she drills this into the ground. He tried to kill himself three times. He tried to kill himself all these times. She's always trying to throw that out there so much Mm -hmm. that it's almost like it makes you think like, okay, Courtney, how much of that is either a exaggerated? How much are you trying to convince? Right. Who, how much of that could have actually been like your doing or your creation or your convincing? She can't, she can't honestly talk about it. Mm -hmm. She can't talk about it. Like she says the same thing over and over again because she can't honestly talk about it because she can't deal with it or Mm -hmm. she gets really really defensive like there's other she actually went on a tour with hole and a guy held up in the audience a picture of kurt cobain and she like totally bugs out on him says some crazy shit like i've been dealing with his ghost and his daughter and his shit for my whole life she goes and it's just like courtney it doesn't look the days leading up until when kurt was nobody could find him and all of this is happening right and we have all this mystery surrounding his what kind of happened in those days leading up quinny had mentioned about how like Courtney had basically already been basically telling people certain things and people are like wait 
what? Like, she's like, you know, saying things like the band is already broken up and like the band is already over and it's his retirement. And like, it's the end. And like witness (laughs) accounts of her just saying these really outlandish things that people are like, where the fuck is this coming from? She's fucking strange though. She is a weird ass person. She's a weird ass person. She's always trying to, you know, stir, stir something up and say some shit so that it people are once again looking back at Nirvana or at Kurt and yes. Courtney and say like drawing the attention right back to them like she's always got something to say like that and also yes. I think she was also very insecure about the fact that she didn't know where her husband was yeah. so she was just like oh I have I know everything and it's all figured out no you didn't know that oh everybody yeah. knows that you know what yeah. I mean like it's just again with the defensiveness the yeah. other thing that gets me too is that it's always been that Kurt was so bad on the heroin and he had such a problem and she was the one that was trying to get out of it and she was the one that was trying to be better for their daughter and do this and do that but what I constantly think time and time again is how do we know that that's true and how do we know that it wasn't maybe her that had just as bad of a problem Mm -hmm. and like the other thing that I struggle with too when I did some digging I don't necessarily believe that the handwriting is different I really don't and I truly don't believe that but when you really look at as far as like her putting things in his ear and like convincing him of things. I find it very interesting that he wrote like, you'll be so much happier without me. Go like, on without, yeah. Like, yes, yep. like this this whole, like he thoroughly believed that they would be better off without him. It's like, that feels to me like someone made you feel that Said way. Said that to you. you Michelle right. Carter vibes. Both. It is one Michelle Carter. You always say 100. this shit all the time, Kurt. Yes. You say you're going to do this, whatever. It's why don't you just go fucking do it and imagine the horror imagine the horror and the shock and the horrific trauma when he does it you know like and then you have you have to go on living there's no one else to raise the kid all right so maybe she didn't have him killed maybe she didn't convince him to do it but also maybe aliens i mean we don't know for a fact it wasn't maybe the aliens wanted them for the wanted him for themselves so this is the theory, Quinny. People actually think that Kurt Cobain was abducted by aliens who were obsessed with him. Okay. <laughs> obsessed with him. Came in. Uh, in the, in some, some, the reason why no one knows where he was for three days is because he was on the ship. Yep. He was abducted. Yep. Yeah. They, uh, they extracted his essence. This is Seattle, what they say. I don't know what that means. What's okay? essence? Seattle yeah. is a very Seattle is a very famous place for sightings. Right, of course, a lot of places in the uh, Pacific Northwest get. A, mm-hmm. There's a lot of good mm-hmm. alien stuff out there. He went up in the ship, okay, Quinny's, and this is the truth, okay. He went up in the ship. <laughs> he, his essence was taken. I don't even know what that means, okay. But I I found a blog yeah, that like says that they removed that. his essence, which I his soul, it's like his spirit. Yeah, it's like yeah, his spirit. His spirit yeah. And then they put him back in a highly strange position to confuse everyone and then because every time and- there's an alien abduction it's like a high strangeness situation it's like a very weird circumstance Experience, surrounding it right so they put him in a weird position just to fuck with us <sighs> like i believe el duce more than that <laughs> exactly maybe el duce is an alien it does make sense though that he would be like the aliens would be fans of him because he was so different and so he strange was, right, mm-hmm. right, right and right, right. Fucking just right. so weird. Yeah, so out there. They were probably like his brain is like our brain. Yeah, we have to take his essence. So <laughs> probably not aliens, but okay. But people also believe that Kurt Cobain was murdered by the CIA. Okay, okay, but and I, I know. Quinny, I need to know about this. I didn't even yeah. know about okay. this at all. Quinny. So I'm very okay, Quinny's. Do you remember Rock the Vote? Yes. Okay. Yes. So Quinny's MTV. I wrote MTV on my outline and then I just like put my head in my hands because I was like, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe MTV to our younger listeners, but it was like oh. the music channel to listen, like to tune into when you were a kid in the 90s. Like it was the only yeah. place to go 100% for that. And they used to do 
rock the vote week during the presidential election. And they would hold like a bunch of concerts and live performances. And they'd encourage people to like sign up to vote, go vote, like get your voter registration, do these things like exercise your right to vote. It was like a big campaign for them. And so Kurt Cobain in 1992 with Nirvana was at a rock the vote event on MTV. And he said, yeah, people should, you should get out and you should vote and you should vote for Bill Clinton. He just said this on live television because Bill Clinton was running in 1992 and nobody really knew that Kurt was going to say that. Apparently he just, he just came out with it. Oh, was like right. invoke- so his publicists and- were probably freaking right out. Yeah. I think yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah, yeah. were like, Oh shit. Like, did you really just endorse the presidential? This is before rock stars really did that. Right. You know? Yeah, so right. like people were and just like, Oh, Kurt was like doing, he was just doing yeah. everything. He was so ahead of his time. He and was. so he just said, and I think you should vote for Bill Clinton. Nobody like to me, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't really think much of that, but this is the 1992 election, of course. And so Bill Clinton is running against George H.W. Bush. Oh God. And George H.W. Bush was the former director of the CIA, Quinnies. Oh. Okay. So, and Bill Clinton was elected. HW only served one term to to the shock of a lot of people. They believe that the CIA killed Kurt Cobain because the CIA believed that Kurt Cobain was a danger to national security because he influenced everyone to remove the Bush family from the presidency. And then what happened after Clinton? We got another Bush. That's true. So that is people think that he was murdered and it was made to look like a suicide. And as we know, from, that's like more, you know honestly that's more realistic than like a lot of a lot them, of honestly it. no really it it's is, right so. up there with el duce it is you know el like it, it's, it's like yes we, but we know you know what check out wormwood on netflix the cia has done this it's mm-hmm. happened they've done it in the past they have killed someone and made it look like an accident covered it up for a long time all the way to the top all the way to the top what happened to Courtney Love after Kurt Cobain died? You know, right. these are, there's a lot of conspiracies. There's probably more than we even listed here. We'll get into what we think happened on the final thoughts, but let's talk a little bit about what happened to Courtney Love after Kurt Cobain. So Hole's album, Live Through This, comes out one week after he died. Don't love that. Yeah, don't no, love that either. don't love it. First of all, mm. the title is cryptic as fuck. The, that just adds a whole other layer to this yeah, whole thing. Just- she just does so many things that yeah. just don't make her look good. It adds a whole other Ooh. layer. And it's just like, you know, Kurt Cobain, he just never had, he just never had that awareness about him for like the other people that were around him. Like mm. come like, like in almost a sympathetic way to Courtney Love, even though I know she doesn't do herself any favors. This was a huge moment for her in her career and what she was doing. And he really like, he escaped from rehab and wouldn't talk to her and then killed himself. You know what I mean? Like, it's really, the reason why she wasn't around is because she was doing press for this album. Like Mm -hmm. she's, she was trying to do something in her life for her career. And he really, it's just, I I just feel bad reading that. I'm like, that is really, that sucks. That really sucks. But the album was a huge success. Certified platinum by 1995. And in the years that followed, Holes on tour. And there are so many incidents that suggest that Courtney Love cannot deal with the loss it's of her not husband. Stable. Yeah. yeah it is stable at all. So not I I and this she was looked a, rough too. She, she looked yeah. bad. She, looked she dropped bad, down yeah. to under a hundred pounds. Yeah, she got super. she really she really went downhill fast right after he died as well, which is something I forgot to mention. She went on MTV and read his suicide note. It's really, really unsettling. And I don't understand him, that. And she's calling him an asshole the whole time. She's saying asshole. I do mm. get it that, like, okay, I do get it that she is mad at him. Okay. She's fully grieving and in denial and angry. Why are you, why is someone not helping her? That's what I yes. feel. I feel like, why is there yes. someone not fucking helping her? Yes, Quinny. Uh, completely. One million percent. Oh my God. One like, million percent. If not, she even, needed somebody. If not even for her, which she rightfully needed it, but for Francis for her as well. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's she's, she's on this tour. She's weeping on stage 
randomly in the middle of attacking people. Yeah. She took sometimes over 20 foot stage dives into the audience, like full on, (laughs) like, (laughs) and obviously she was caught and she wasn't hurt and she fought audience members. She, she got into physical altercations with audience members on more than one occasion. There was a very public incident where she was accused of verbally assaulting a flight attendant in 1995. That was all over the papers. And then she threw a lit cigarette at Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill and punched her repeatedly in the face. She pled guilty to assault on that and she was just sentenced to anger management classes. Like she really didn't get a penalty. I mean, she didn't have the greatest history with Bikini Kill to be no she has bikini kill issues she She has issues with bikini kill (laughs) can you imagine if your husband was so famous and so loved by everyone and the reason that everyone loves him is something that he wrote about his fucking ex-girlfriend like that's not great that doesn't feel good like it just it doesn't no like even for the least jealous person it's just like yes Yeah, I don't like that. I agree. And I feel like I definitely feel like I really do empathize with her a lot and a lot of it too, because I've dated a couple musicians myself. No offense by any means. Am I saying musicians are amazing? We know how you feel about musicians, Quinny. Yes. You love a guy with a guitar, Quinny. You want to be serenaded on the daily. 100%. (laughs) Absolutely. Serenade me till I die. She is a rock star herself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but right. they still are like, oh, you're Kurt Cobain's wife, mm-hmm. you know? Like it's it's yeah. shitty. It, is. it would have been shitty Kurt. on you're her own. That right. killed Kurt. Yeah, and so she tries. Sure. She takes a break from music, kinda for a little while. She decides to get into some acting. Um, she plays Woody Harrelson's wife in The People versus Larry Flint in 1996. She got nominated for a Golden Globe for that. She won a New York Critics Choice Award for that. She's yeah. actually. A good actress. I watched a couple of clips from that and I was like, wow, I'm yeah, she's surprising. It is. She's good. She really is. Um, And Edward Norton was also in that film and that's how they met and they would date for the next four years. Um, Don't you like love Edward Norton? Didn't you like I fucking love him. Was it you? Okay. I'm like, I know someone. I think think he's great. Love him. Like great. But like Um, love him though. Like romantically, like think he's sexy, love him. It's you know, the it's first like thing that I ever no, that's saw how him is about John Cena. That's how that's, how, that's, how, that's how I feel about John Cena. I can't. There's nothing I can do about that. That's beyond. It's out of my control. I can't even help that. But I, you know, that. the first thing I saw Edward Norton in was American History X, and so in my mind, he's always been like a terrible person. Yeah, that for some reason. That I fucking know. movie is oh my god. He he gives he he's giving me weasel vibes. Like he's always giving me weasel vibes. Mm. And mm. I can't I cannot abide. I cannot. But yeah, I don't like he is a fantastic actor, but like wouldn't wouldn't smash. Like wouldn't do it. Would not smash. Dude, not I was no, nah, I'm not trying to smash. No. It's not no, John no, Cena. No. We're not talking about John Cena here. Is your okay? name John Cena? Yeah. So she's dating Ed Norton for a while. And honestly, from 1996 to 2000, she punched so many people. I lost count. Stop. Uh, she repeatedly pled out on assault charges over and over. It just it happens again and again and again. And she's never really punished. She really doesn't yeah. face penalty. And she did end up touring with Marilyn Manson and Corn 1999 to 2000 after the release of Celebrity Skin, which is another whole album, which is also pretty good. There were s- several issues on this tour between Courtney and Marilyn Manson and Corn. You know, she didn't want to open for them. Then she wanted to change up the order of the sets then she wanted to do this that very it, it kind of reminds me of Kurt Cobain I don't I like just this we say, need to change it I don't like I this like it, it's very similar she was she was hard to work with in a very similar way she actually gave an interview after this tour and she this is just a clip it's just a little piece of what she said what I really don't like there are certain girls like us or like me who are really messed up and they don't need to be. They're very young and they do not need to be taken and raped 
or film having enema contests, going out into the audience and these guys are picking up 14 and 15 year old girls who obviously cut themselves and then having to see them leave in the morning, it's just uncool. People forget this is a time where this thing of rock stars going home with 14 and 15 year old girls was not called out. No one was making a statement about it. No one was saying, hey, what the fuck? Like she's underage. I don't understand. Obviously it was still illegal, but it was very much like open secret, Mm -hmm. not talked about. No one, like no one enforcing, no one being like, hey, that's not cool. Except for Courtney Love, who's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I don't agree with this. Yeah, She's just labeled as a person who's shitty to work with. She's talking about shit that we know was going on. That was, that is, that still goes on today. Thankfully today, you really can't get away with it like that. Like she's seeing young women who are just like her, who are, who are just trying to get with a rock star. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's almost like in a way kind of admirable too at the same time though, because it's like, she's almost was like taking after Kurt by speaking out like something Mm -hmm. like that, because it's like what he would have done, you know, and like how his message, like what he very much lived by. Even with her being quote unquote difficult to work with, like, okay, granted, like, yes, she was a train wreck of a person a lot of the time. So like that causes issues in and of itself. She could have very well just been influenced by how Kurt was and how successful he was. And she learned business acumen from him yeah right and decided to use that in her own career and because she's a woman she's being difficult to work with so whole broke up by 2002 because courtney's focusing on acting she's all over the place she's doing different things she did a solo tour doing other things she's in some movies they're not very good they're not very well received there's some box office flops so the backdrop to this is that in 1997, Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic formed Nirvana LLC, and they were handling incoming royalties from Nirvana's music and images through this business. Courtney sued. They sued back. And this is where she famously said, Kurt Cobain is Nirvana. I mean, she which said, is true. Which is true. She, yeah. she is I correct. Mean, yeah. And she said Kurt's family and herself are the rightful heirs for those royalties. And they settled privately. So we really don't know the circumstances right. of who got what, but they did settle. And Courtney remains the executor of Kurt Cobain's estate. She has full control of at mm-hmm. least his. I mean, everything in Nirvana was split three ways. She still maintains Kurt's share of that. And she had the settlement. So we really don't know exactly what the monetary arrangement is. But what about right. what went to Francis? So in 2006, Courtney authorized the sale of 25% of Nirvana's music to Primary Wave Publishing for $50 million. And that went straight to Francis. Oh, okay. She did this portion of the sale in trust for her daughter. And then the, she had a whole debacle with the IRS. She transferred a, a bunch more to Francis. So today we have no idea what she owns. Sure. But like when Spotify plays Nirvana, I bet Courtney Love gets a check. The million times that I've played it in the last however long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She gets like two cents every yeah. time we, pay, yeah. we play a yeah. song. Past this point, she is just, she's in and out of court-ordered rehabs. She's in Bellevue Hospital for a while. She goes to several mental health facilities. Again, always saying Kurt's the one with the problem. Mm-hmm. Always saying that Kurt always. was the one who was really, yeah. and, and it's it's just really, she's she herself is really struggling. It's just very apparent. Um, she's sued multiple times <laughs> since the beginning of Twitter for defamatory tweets oh, God, about yeah. uh, tons of people from the, from the moment she got on Twitter. She's basically continuously being sued. You know, she released a book of drawings. She does some acting here and there. She gets into fashion a little bit because Francis is modeling, obviously. And she sued her manager, Sam Lefty, in 2016 for abuse and harassment. And she, her sister, and Francis all got restraining orders against him. The same manager for Britney Spears. For Britney Spears. Yes, that is correct. I mean, what more do we need to say? <laughs> I don't how I don't know how he plays into the conservatorship. Right. But like he's part of that. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Bye. Not good. Courtney Love has been a huge supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. In May of 2011, she auctioned six of her and Kurt's personal vinyl records for the Joyful Heart Foundation, which is Mariska Hargitay's foundation mm-hmm. from SVU. It's Olivia Benson's I mean. charity. 
I um, fucking love her. Yeah, it's for um, victims of child abuse, rape, and domestic violence. Yes, yeah, she is a, a, a she's a boss. Benson boss for life. Bitch. For life. Straight Benson up. Benson for life. Um, ben, so Olivia, she, when you want to come on the podcast, just let us know. I would die. Benson I mean, and Stabler for life, Quinnies. Courtney Love is a complicated figure, and I would not want to trade places with her. And I'm still mm-hmm. a little bit scared of her, to be honest. I also do not want to be on her bad side nope. and say any anything to piss her off because she she really is um She'll punch you and sue you she's one of a kind dude like she she's, is she really is she is she's not afraid to be herself i'll give her that for sure having your husband die like that is so tragic in and of itself and like <sighs> the media just watched her spiral down and just rolled camera and just let her and nobody let her nobody helped nobody helped yeah. nobody helped knowing her, you know knowing what she's been through and knowing she has a, a young daughter at home and they did nothing to help them they did nothing nope. kurt is remembered as one of like the most influential rock musicians in the history of alternative music he widened the themes of mainstream rock like in the 80s to discuss social issues like he was the one who spearheaded that and he's credited with being the force that like pushed alternative music from like little tiny college radio stations to like the mainstream music mainstream like everybody knew this everybody knew their music it was amazing and his songwriting his anti-establishment persona let him just be seen as a spokesman of generation x which he fucking hated and like not only is he remembered as having a huge impact on rock music he like forced rock music to evolve he's also known as a feminist he supported the riot girl movement he would push girl bands to the forefront of mainstream music as well like he was all over the place doing good april 10th of 2014 nirvana was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame our man dave grohl along with chris and courtney love accepted that distinction and kurt was remembered at the ceremony as well they they seemed to get along they did yeah yeah like they put it aside at least yeah. for that night tracy was there as well no I she believe. fucking was i believe she was i think i read what the hell is there. she doing there i mean come on we all know what she was fucking doing there Kurt's first girl come on first now girl. in 1996 did you know that the church of kurt cobain was established no okay. but i would like to join okay well the church of kurt cobain was established in portland oregon by a man named jim dylan who had gotten the idea from the church of john coltrane dylan would play smells like teen spirit to start worship services he would write sermons based on nirvana songs and like for example he in one of his sermons says that the song Ray me is really about brotherly love okay you're losing me (laughs) we're lost we're gone however in september of that same year an article in spin stated that it was all a media hoax a stunt created by an art director named jerry cattell come on it was made to make a statement against celebrity culture and society's fascination with drug abuse and suicide people have too much time they do. It's fucking time. Hey, they Carly, I, are you busy this weekend? Because I'm thinking about setting up a fake church just so that we can like, like yeah. just to yeah, become viral. In 2005, a sign was put up in Aberdeen, Washington that reads, Welcome to Aberdeen, come as you are, as a tribute to Kurt. Oh, I love, I love that. that. So much. The sign was paid for and created by the Kurt Cobain Memorial Committee, which is a nonprofit organization created in May 2004 in order just to honor Kurt. On the anniversary of his death, bands will gather in in Veretta Park, which is near Lake Washington, um, to celebrate Kurt's life each year. In 2009, there was a monument for Kurt that was put along the Wishka River that had the quote, drugs are bad for you. They will fuck you up. The okay. city ended up sandblasting the word fuck out of it, but fans will just keep drawing the letters back in. So yeah, of fine. course. Go, of course they will. I think maybe they should have had ain't got no how what you might call it. Exactly. exactly. 100%. Agreed. Yeah, totally agreed. There's um, an annual Nirvana day in Washington on April 10th. And then in January 2014, Aberdeen actually named February 20th, which is Kurt's birthday as annual Kurt Cobain day. In 2003, Rolling Stone would actually rank Kurt as the 12th greatest guitarist of all time. Kurt's acoustic electric guitar that he used for Nirvana's MTV Unplugged sold at an auction for $6,010,000. The most expensive guitar ever sold. Ever. Like, yeah. yeah. This past July, Washington State confirmed that his childhood home in Aberdeen is a historic landmark and it will become an exhibit people can visit. That's so cool. That's great. That's like where his first work started. Just go right ahead and schedule that Quinny trip, please. Thank you. And also Tracy's house is going to be. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be stopping right by Tracy. And I'll be like, 
Hola, como te amos, el duche. She'll probably be like, yeah, come on down. Exactly. Come on down to Tracy's house. Let me talk She'll to you like, about Kurt Cobain. Either way, Kurt Cobain to this day has been viewed by many as the last real rock star. Yeah. Which I agree, man. Yeah. Yeah. As of 2021, the band has just over 17,255,000 monthly listeners. I like that that wasn't even around when the song came out. So like, imagine. We also have to talk about the fashion too, because it's huge. Fashion that still goes to the, like, I still tie a flannel around my waist and wear t-shirts. And it's just like, he very much became a fashion icon. So 2021 marks 30 years since Nevermind. Someone thought it was a good idea to contact Courtney Love and be like, you want to talk about Nevermind? And she's like, no, I don't. Thanks. I don't ever want to talk about Nevermind, maybe ever, because obviously it's very painful for her. She says that she really would have liked it if somebody else could have gone first from Seattle. She says in this interview, it would have been great. Like she calls out Eddie Vedder specifically. I wish Eddie Vedder went first and became like the first, like no, first? came out of the Seattle scene first as the first major okay, rock star because she thinks that that could have saved Kurt's life. If he, if Nirvana had come out after several other bands or at least one other really big band like Pearl Jam came right. out of Seattle, she wanted In Bloom to be the original single from Nevermind, not Smells Like Teen Spirit. Good song. Not the same. Not no, but not oh. the same and and not really not a single in particular. Yeah. Doesn't no. really have the single treatment, but it's no. a good, it still is a good song. This is 2021. That album had been out for 30 years and we get a drop of photos and files from the FBI regarding Kurt Cobain's case. And it's really random. It just comes yeah. out and they're like yeah. FBI releases crime scene photos from Kurt Cobain. All of these things and you're like, "Okay, is there a new determination?" No, there's no, no new determination. It's just their file and they were responding to a CBS News request for information, but they made, they chose to make the information public. What we we get is is 10 pages Mm -hmm. of Tom Grant, the private investigator saying, I thought Kurt's death was suspicious from the beginning. A bunch from Nick Broomfield, who directed Kurt and Courtney, who who looked into, quote unquote, you know, looked into the case after Kurt had died and quotes from him and from, you know, people who have had questions about the whatever. And then there's a bunch more crime scene photos going through those. It's just so enraging. You know, there are police officers who are leaning on the countertop in the room where the body is with their hands without gloves on. Nope, 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 nope. There are people with their elbow leaned on the thing like we're hanging out in this. And I'm going, this is a fucking crime scene, people. Of a a very famous, famous person. I mean, even if it isn't a crime, it is a death scene. Like have Mm -hmm. some fucking respect, like something. Like It's just so apparent that they're not, that it's, that they're just not like no. it was this was not handled well this I mean we can we can definitively say that I think that it was yes. not handled well yes. and the pictures really speak to that the note at the scene the hair there's a cigar box on the ground these pictures are readily available online they they were super upsetting to me there's no you know like photos of the body or anything like that that you can see a, a, some pictures of his you know the bracelet for example yeah. like Carly mentioned but the cigar box with all of his heroin paraphernalia in it every person that we knew in college had a cigar box with all their drug stuff in it it typically wasn't heroin just seeing that i was just like this is a kid this is a young young man here you know what i mean and it's just heart absolutely heartbreaking those images are just completely heartbreaking looking at the the surrounding where he was and what i don't know why they felt the need to release that and put it out there like know, you know all of a sudden yeah. all of a sudden without without warning but that you know that's kept us in the news the kid from the cover of the nirvana nevermind album sued yeah 
Uh, yeah, like what sued fuck? Courtney Love and said that it was child pornography. Kurt had asked specifically, he said he wanted a picture of a baby underwater. That was his like idea. They sourced this image. The kid is now 30 something yeah. years old. The kid's a fucking douchebag. The kid, the kid for the years kid has been be taking pictures, recreating that right. picture and making money off yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and and also him. his attorney is incompetent because they didn't file correctly and they missed the the deadline and they dismissed. Wow. However, I will <laughs> say like that cover would not fly today. Not no, it's a naked baby. Least. Exactly. Like we're not we shouldn't be doing that. No, but it was definitely acceptable at that time. Yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. It's just like Quinny said, like the rock stars taking the 15 year olds. It's like at that time mm-hmm. it was looked at as you just hide. You just oh, just differently. Yeah. Yep. yep. So Quinny's that pretty much brings us up to date. Do we have we got to get into our final thoughts on Kurt Cobain here? What the hell happened? Oh to him? my god. Well, like what what is this whole what does this whole situation mean? I do think that there are some things that are really really weird. I get so frustrated with the police and their work time and time again in so many cases, and I hate that we have to bring it up for so many cases. It sucks. It's it does. so unfortunate, especially to the survivors and the family of the victim. It is just so terrible. I feel for Courtney. I think that it sucks to have been put in the position that she has been put into. I understand why she doesn't want to talk about it or make it a thing. I think, however, in the same vein, it's just all about how you like portray yourself. And unfortunately, like you are a figure like in the public eye and like you were like you are a celebrity and you were you do have like a very big career. And so I feel like it's really important to try to use that like platform for for the best like things possible. And so it's hard to see her so dysfunctional because I, I feel for her and it pains me to see that. I think the whole thing is really tragic, but I truly just believe that it has a lot to do with mental illness. I think it ran rampant in his family. And I think that he really suffered from that. And that unfortunately, it got the best of him. We all have to just try to be like Kurt and just you have to just be unapologetically yourself. Really, that's that's all I can say about that. That's all I have to say. One million percent, Quinny. Oh, my God. I love that. I understand why Courtney's mad. Genius. Okay, the man had so much more to give. There is so much more that I selfishly wish to have seen him go on to do. Constantly got in his own way, never stopped being a kid in a bunch of ways, never really stepped into the position that he was handed. Yeah. Brilliant musician, from what we know, kind hearted, loving, aiming to please. I feel like he spent his whole life looking for his place in in the world and never really found it. I think the police investigation was mishandled from day one. I think they immediately assumed it was a rock star suicide and a story. Skipped a lot of steps. Um, Cyril Wecht, remember Cyril Wecht? Quinny's the um, forensic pathologist who weighed in on the Ellen Greenberg case uh-huh. and said this case needs to be reopened yesterday. He thinks they should reopen it. He said, Seattle PD, you got absolutely nothing to hide. If nothing happened, if there's no reason why, if, if you did everything correctly and it's fine, reopen it and come to the right. same conclusion. Why not? Why not give people that? I just think it's a total disservice to the I, people. I man. think it's a total disservice to the people. I think it's a total disservice to his family, yeah. to his widow, to his child. If you really want to forever put an end to this, reopen it and come to the same conclusion. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Just just have or have an independent inquiry that says you fucked up this scene really bad, but it was a suicide. Right. You know, like th- that's the worst that can happen here. Accountability. Also, they're going to do handwriting tests and all these things on all these other letters for all these other people, but they're not going to look or test his suicide note at all. Yeah. Right. Like just, just like, I don't understand. I really don't understand the hesitation there. What to just say that you were wrong. Everybody gets it wrong. No one's perfect. We're all human beings. Right. If you fucked up 30 years ago, 
chances are most of the people on that aren't even on the force anymore. So just fix give the people what they're asking for. You know, he meant a lot to a lot of people, hugely influential. If I were Courtney Love, I, I, I would uh, despise the Seattle police department because they have just, she's never been able to get away from this because they, they've really never been able to admit that, Hey, maybe we didn't dot all of our T's there or what is it? Cross cross all of our T's, cross all of our (laughs) (laughs) I 100% think that it was a suicide. Yeah. Me too. Quinny, sadly. Yeah. Like I was, yeah, I was really struggling. So I'm like, there's just so many unanswered questions. There's so many fucking weird little things that like just don't quite make sense but unfortunately we're never going to know and honestly it could mean nothing. It could mean anything right. what he was doing the last few days. It could have been literally just sitting in his on his couch doing heroin. Up. That could have been literally the only thing that happened. Like, regardless if it's suicide or not. And really, people happen to just be really troubled people. Kurt Cobain was drawing like really dark and twisted pictures Forever. when he was a little kid. Yeah. It's like he had demons like from a very yeah. early yeah. age. But then yeah. again, it's also just another person like we've always talked about not getting help for their mental health. Him being shipped here and there and everywhere while he was a kid and none of his family wanted to keep him around because he was quote unquote too much trouble. Like that whole bullshit. Yeah. Like and then to go on with the like the fame and just the pressures of all of that as well. Then when he while died, being an outcast, while too, being an outcast, like during all all of yeah. those things in and of <clears throat> themselves would have been an, enough to break a person. But then when he actually dies and the fucking police department don't take it seriously, he's just a famous person ODing and committed to suicide. Like he's just an just addict. another one, he's just, a just rock another star rock star. Oh, it's so true, Carly, so and sad. that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Not it's not. We're not trying to say that someone took you know a care bear and wouldn't raise it. He was not a particularly, he was difficult. He got in his own way. He fucked around. He was a, he was an artist, but those kids need the the love. Those are the kids that need it. Yes. Those are the kids that need it the most. And really like if anyone ever tells you that the world would be better off without you, you got to be careful. You got to be careful who you surround yourself with. You got to be careful who you listen to. You got to be careful. Like the people that you, when you think about something in your head and you hear somebody's voice, you got to be careful who you let in there. He didn't, you're right. I think you're really right. Those lines about in the, in the note, they do sound like something that somebody said to him. Yeah, for sure. And on the other side, I understand when people are like speak without a filter and that's who they are as a person. And that's good to an extent. That's great. Like some people need more of that, but you don't need to pop out every, say every fucking thought that comes into your head. Like, I think it was a suicide, but if it, it's still in my mind, like a suicide by negligence and ignorance by other people. And a really toxic relationship and a really, really toxic relationship. Absolutely. Like two extremely mentally unstable people who both were fighting their own demons individually, let alone trying to fight a war together that's you like you mean to tell me that that the pajamas at the wedding weren't a sign for anybody <laughs> nobody wanted to be like hey <laughs> like, hey, 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 um, hey 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 that's what i'm saying they didn't have people to where were they the didn't. people in their everyone lives around them, them were just Let trying them. to to Left suck end. up every yep. bit of the and fame from their fame. and benefit. And, and you know what? And now that he's dead and you look at these documentaries and you watch these biographies and shit, you see the parents now look at how sorry and sad and horrible mm-hmm. they feel mm-hmm. because they know that they weren't there for him and that they did abandon him. Imagine the regret that they have to feel yeah. because of that. Listen, suicide is never the answer or the option or the only option we will put in the show notes once again national suicide prevention hotline if you are having any thoughts like that there's always someone you can call someone you can talk to free of charge 
that is never the course of action. You can see here just how much pain and suffering this causes. I'm calling out the Seattle Police Department. Reopen the totally. case. Totally. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. Put it, it, put it, you officially, really want it to go yeah. away? Officially reopen it and officially mm -hmm. make it another, a second determination, even if it's the same one. As a suicide. Yeah, Quinny, I agree with that so, so much. Open it and reconfirm that it's a suicide again. Because or get an, get an independent review. J just have someone else do it. Have an in have a, have the state state troopers or whatever it is in Washington. Mm -hmm. Conduct that review yep. and say how incompetent your police force was. Yeah. And do yeah. some reform and help the officers who are working now who need that training and help. Because it's, we've said this before, it sucks to be a cop. It sucks. There's no, there's not a lot of resources devoted to the job. So do that. Do that for your people. It's, it's, it is. It's very frustrating. <laughs> exactly. And like, how is nobody listening to that guy? How's nobody listening to that private investigator? That's my biggest thing too, is a reopen it just but based again, on what Queenie, he said. He's writing books and making yeah. movies and doing, you, you know, like you got it. Yeah. We got to check out all these people. What the hell are they all doing this for? It's still true. to this. Why are we talking about Kurt Cobain still to this day? We cannot get enough of Kurt Cobain. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Even it's the young generations are he just hit he hit the fucking nail on the head he about did. what he's... it is to be a young person exactly oh my god it's so true he's just sucking he, he's timeless genius. he's just timeless Quinnies. genius there's you can't put a timeline on it and bill clinton should be thanking him every day <laughs> for the rest of his life love you love you Quinnies. Bye. bye listen to straight up evil